Hey there, Mike Stelzner coming to you with a fascinating update you might not be familiar with. Did you know that Social Media Examiner can deliver all the marketing, training, news, and trends, insights that you need into your inbox three days a week when you sign up for our newsletter and it's completely free? Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates and take your marketing to the next level. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and for business owners who want to know what in the world works with social media. Now, today, we're taking a turn. Why? Because when you're dealt a bunch of lemons, what do you do? You make lemonade. And this is kind of what happened to me. Um, Believe it or not, um, what happened was we were robbed. Someone broke into our studios and stole uh, the two main computers that run the operations of Social Media Examiner. Uh, And it was a nightmare. The good news is that we were up and running in the within 24 hours. As a matter of fact, the very same day. So, considering that this story is very fresh in my mind, I thought it would be very appropriate to go ahead and put a podcast together that talks about nine ways to protect yourself from losing it all. And this really is inevitable. You're probably either going to have a hard drive crash or you're going to have something stolen from you, like your computer, your laptop. And unfortunately, this has happened to me more than once. And being the anal crazy guy that I am, um, I'm prepared. You could say the Boy Scout in me, (laughs) be prepared has come out. So today what I'm going to do is um, give you nine things that you can do to get back up and running very quickly and hopefully same day if this ever happens to you. And this is precisely what happened to me. Before we do transition over to uh, the segment, there is something I want to share with you. Let's transition over to that special announcement right now. Here's a word from our tour guide. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. With that, let's transition over to today's um podcast about how to protect yourself from losing your data. Here's a word from our tour guide. Okay, so um, first of all, let's address the why. Why in the world is this stuff matter? I really think it comes down to two things. Number one is peace of mind. I cannot tell you how it feels just to know that you're protected, that if something does happen, like that hard drive crash or some scrupulous character breaking in and stealing uh, what you have, that at least it's not going to spell the end of your business. Um, And it just lets you sleep, sleep at night. And I'm sure that you've probably had a file that you didn't save properly once and you freaked out because you had to recreate it. Or maybe you've even had a hard drive crash so you can relate to what I'm talking about. But not everybody's had theft. And um, theft and a hard drive crash are almost the same. They have the, the, the kind of same outcomes. But peace of mind is a big deal. The other thing is business continuity. Um, 
I know that some folks listening right now, if their computer was stolen, um, it would spell the end of their business. And I would hate for that to happen to you. And I really want you to take what I'm going to be sharing today very seriously. The good news about a lot of this stuff is it's set and forget. You don't really have to regularly do a lot of stuff. And it's very, very small amount of time. And in certain cases, financial investment to give that peace of mind and assurance that you're going to be able to operate if and when something like this happens. So let me kind of take you back to the story. I got a phone call uh, literally about four days ago, and it was from Irene and my team, and she was kind of frantic, and she said, Mike, I just wanted to call and ask, did you by chance take both of your computers off of your desk? And just to give you some perspective, I have two 27-inch iMacs on my desk, or at least I used to, and I said, uh, no, call the police. And she called the police, and I called the um, the building maintenance guy, and I said, hey, we have a problem. And he said, well, you're not the only one. They broke into a window down um, in the same building. And I'm like, wow. So I got here, looked at my desk, and it was empty. And I had a sinking feeling, of course, because I'm like, oh, my gosh, was it the cleaning crew? Who did this? And then as I approached my desk, I noticed there was some wind coming in from the window. And sure enough, they literally broke out the window. And um, here's the interesting thing. After kind of putting my investigative cap on, this is the shocker. The alarm system was set. It was never disarmed. I have motion sensors in my office. And what ended up happening was the blinds were drawn about two feet. And the sheriff's department told me that these guys go around at night with flashlights and they look in through the windows And uh, if they see a computer, they break the window. These guys literally used a chainsaw or some sort of electronic device to cut through the window and through the metal. And they pushed my desk in about two feet. Um, If they pushed it one more foot in, they would have triggered the motion sensors, of course, but they didn't. And they um, dragged the computers out through a hole that was only about three feet tall and about five feet wide. And they were gone. So <laughs> it was pretty much a nightmare situation because, you know, my first gut feeling was this was a surgical strike because how in the world would they know which window they hit? How would they not trigger the motion sensors? So on and so forth. But it turned out they also hit up um, someone in a suite just down uh, the way from me in the very same building. The sheriff's department told me that they were hitting up people throughout the business park. <sighs> Thank God they left a little hard drive. That was of not so much use to them. So I was able to get back online. Literally what I did was I drove up to the Apple store near me. I bought a brand new computer and um, brought it back to my office, plugged in the hard drive and was back online within about five hours. And it was crazy. I mean, there was a little bit more to it than that. Um, I had to order another computer and there's, you know, still some, some of the issues that I had to deal with, but I lost about a day to a day and a half of my time, but I am now recording. Um, they didn't touch my, my recording studio equipment, thank goodness, but I'm now recording about four days later and I wasn't planning to record this podcast. I had all planned to do something else, but, uh, but that's what happened. And, uh, it was crazy. So let me share with you how I was able to get back up online within one day. And, um, and my hope is that you can take some notes here and 
If you don't want to take a lot of notes, you know, the show notes will be available at the end. So here's the first of nine tips. The first thing you need to do is have a remote backup plan in place. And I recommend Crash Plan. You can go to crashplan.com, I believe is the URL. And I don't know exactly what I pay. I'm guessing it's about 60 bucks a year. And I have unlimited backup capabilities. And the way it works is Crash Plan literally um, at night when your computer is idle backs up anything that's changed every single day. What this means is if your computer is ever, uh, hard drive ever crashes or you need to recover some files, you can literally log on to Crash Plan and download everything or download some of it. So this is the first thing that you need to do that's really, really great peace of mind. And it's worth the investment and you can set it up where you can have different accounts, for example, for your laptop and for your desktop or different computers and you just pay literally like 60 bucks a year. It is totally worth it. Now, the downside to having this kind of a thing is it's stored out in the cloud. It is encrypted, but the fact that it's in the cloud isn't the downside. The fact is that to download that much data would take forever. And it really is like your emergency backup plan. The second tip that I want to talk to you about is the more important tip, which is to have an external hard drive. And it has to be external from your computer because if someone steals your computer and just to kind of put yourself in the minds of the thief, okay, they're looking to make a quick buck. They're looking to steal a laptop or to steal a desktop and to put it up on Craigslist and sell it within a few days. And they don't really care about your hard drive. They just care about the computer itself. That's why um, having this external hard drive is so critical. In my case, they thank God they left the hard drive behind. And the hard drive was intact even though it was in the bushes. Um, and I was able to plug it back in. And this was the key to everything. Now, I'm a Mac person. Um, you don't have to be on a Mac. You can be on any operating system and still have an external hard drive and use backup. But on the Mac, it's really very easy. Uh, they've got a really cool thing called Time Machine. And the way Time Machine works is you just go under your preferences, your system preferences, and you turn on Time Machine. And it literally does the same thing as Crash Plan does. It just backs up iterations of your hard drive every few hours and then every day. And the good news about Crash Plan is it's really easy to use. You can roll back and recover, for example, specific files. Or if you buy a brand new computer like I had to, when you boot up the computer, it says, would you like to recover from a hard drive? And I plugged the hard drive in, it recognized crash plan, and about five hours later, um, this system booted up exactly a replica of my old computer. It was really, really cool. That was the key to everything. Now, a couple quick tips on external hard drives. Um, if you want to be really smart about it, don't do what I did. I had the hard drive actually physically mounted on a shelf on the back of my computer, um, Instead, what I recommend is buying a really long cable and putting the hard drive somewhere out of visible um, visibility. Like, for example, stick it under your desk, lock it in a drawer, so that bottom line is when someone comes and they want to steal your computer, they're just going to unplug all the cables and, and literally jack the computer and pull it out. Um, that hard drive was essential to me getting back online quickly. If I had to download the gigs of data off of crash plan. I don't know how many days it would have taken, you know, to get everything set up. Um, so, so, you know, if you're on a Mac, start using time machine, go buy a hard drive. You can buy a terabyte hard drive for a couple hundred bucks 
um, on Amazon or anywhere and just plug it in and set up Time Machine and literally forget about it. It's the coolest thing ever. Okay, that's tip number two. Now, tip number three is uh, really, really critical. This has to do with your web browser. Um, well, actually, let me step back. Passwords in general, you should definitely have a password to log into your computer. Um, on a Mac, that's very easy to do. Require that password when the screensaver's on and just have that password. That's a bit of a deterrent. If someone does steal your computer, they'll likely reformat the hard drive then try to figure out what the password is. But the other critical thing is to also password protect your web browser. Now, this is really important because if you think about it, we access our banking accounts, our merchant systems, um, our email, everything from within a web browser. Everything seems to live out on the cloud these days. So it's critical to have that web browser protected. One, what you can do, particularly with Firefox, in Firefox, you can set up a, a master password so that if you decide to use your browser to memorize your passwords, um, it will prompt you first to enter your master password. Now, Chrome does not support this, and Safari does not support this, um, but I know Firefox does. So what I recommend you do on Chrome and on Safari is to literally not have these browsers remember any of your passwords at all. Um, I'm going to tell you in my next tip how to deal with this, um, which is really, really quite easy. But the, the trick, the easiest way to secure your web browsers is just to never, ever have them remember any of your personal um, login and passwords. Um, this is a particularly important on a laptop because it's so easy for someone to steal laptops. And if there's no passwords in the browser and someone steals a laptop, then there's really not too much that you have to worry about. So tip number four is to use an application called 1Password. And it's literally the number one pass and word. And what's really cool about this is you can buy this app on your Android, on your iPhone, on your tablet, and on all your personal computers, Mac and Windows. I have 1Password installed on my laptop, all my desktops, my iPhone, and my iPad. So what's really cool about 1Password is it integrates with Dropbox. And you want to make sure that with Dropbox, you have a very strong password on your Dropbox account, by the way. And then you want to have a, a strong password to get into 1Password.com. What's awesome about 1Password.com is it integrates with your web browsers. So it has a little plugin that works with every major web browser. And it shows up as a little lock in the upper right-hand corner. And when you go to a website and you create an identity and a password, 1Password says, hey, do you want to save it into 1Password? And then what it does is it synchronizes all those passwords, whether you do it on your iPhone or whether you do it on your laptop or whether you do it on your desktop. It cross-synchronizes all your devices so that the single source of the ID and password is literally... Um, you know, available on any of your devices, wherever you go, whenever you go. And this does eliminate the need to have your passwords stored inside your web browser because literally you go to your any website on any web browser on any of your devices, you click on the lock, it asks you for your master one password account, and then boom, it populates in your stuff. It is the coolest thing ever. I got to tell you, I don't know how I ever lived without this. This is really one of the secret sauces to everything because 
if I didn't have this ability to um, have this central storage that's encrypted and stored within Dropbox and then accessible through one password, um, it would make it very hard for me to operate. So let me just kind of give you a case, a use case. Let's say you lose your laptop. You could literally go and pick up a brand new laptop, install onepassword.com, and then go ahead and synchronize it with Dropbox. And all of a sudden, all of your passwords and serial numbers for your you know, software, whatever else you want to have in there are accessible to you. And literally you now have the ability to do whatever, whatever you want. So that's tip number four. One password uh, is the app and um, Dropbox integration is key. All right. Tip number five is to um, keep your blinds closed. Now I know this sounds absolutely crazy, but um, keeping your blinds closed is absolutely essential. Um, bottom line is that if I didn't have my blinds open, the thieves wouldn't have been able to look in with a flashlight and see that I had these computers here and they wouldn't have stole them. Um, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind of a thief. So this seems so simple, but bottom line is it's the easiest thing that, uh, that we could do to protect ourselves is to just basically keep it closed. And the same thing goes for if you're in your car and you've got a laptop, hide that thing. If, if you need to keep it in your car, hide it somewhere um, before you actually show up to your destination. Sometimes thieves are smart and they scope out people that are parking and they watch to see whether they're fiddling underneath their car. So um, stop somewhere before you get to your destination and hide that laptop somewhere safe so that if you know someone does want to break into your car, they're not going to find it. And it's that simple. All right, number six, the number six tip is to use um, LoJack. Um, now, this one, <laughs> I didn't even know was an option, but uh, the um, uh, the sheriff told me about this. Um, LoJack is a piece of software that you can buy for Mac or PCs, and basically what it does is it allows you to report your computer stolen, and it will allow the police to track it, just like you can put it on your car. Now, on Macintoshes, they've got a really cool feature called Find My iPhone, also known as Find My, Act, My Mac. If you log into iCloud.com um, and you've enabled location devices on all of your devices, literally it will pull up a, a map and show you where all your devices are. And if someone is able to log into your computer, um, you can actually go in there and find out where it is and let the police know where exactly it is. Now, another thing that you can do is you can use a piece of software called logmein.com. Logmein is remote access software, and I happen to have that installed on my computer, and uh, the one that was stolen, or one of the ones that was stolen, and if anybody does figure out how to hack in and get to it, I can actually remotely log in from anywhere in the world to my computer, and I can try to look up the IP address and see where the darn thing is. So log me in, find my Mac, LoJack. These are all options for you to be able to locate your computer um, if someone steals it or your iPhone or your laptop. Okay, tip number seven is um, your serial numbers. Um, fortunately, I happen to have the box for one of my Macs because it was only 60 days old. But what I recommend you do is take a photograph of the serial number of the box when you buy a brand new computer and just store it somewhere like on your smartphone. 
Um, that will be really helpful because that serial number can be used by the police departments and pawn shops to stop someone from pawning your device. And that's something that comes in really handy. Okay, tip number eight is securing your office, uh, whether it be a home office or whether it be uh, like we are in a physical building. Um, there's a couple ways to do this. Uh, first and foremost, you definitely want to have a security system. Um, we use ADT and uh, we've got motion sensors and door sensors. Um, the problem, our situation was the motion sensor um, was in a weird spot and it the way motion sensors work is they kind of have a range of motion. And you can kind of see if you have a motion sensor where you are when you kind of move around, a little red light usually comes on. And what you want to do is test whether or not that light would go, it goes on where your computer equipment happens to be. Because if it's near a window, which it may be, and um, that motion sensor isn't pointed in the right way, um, you could have happened to you exactly what happened to us. And uh, I ended up calling ADT out and they re located the motion sensor so that um, if someone does ever break through a window, it'll go off immediately. Now, um, there's other things you can do like glass break, but one thing you should know is that if you have blinds, glass break doesn't work because glass break is a sound sensor and the uh, the blinds actually mute the glass break, believe it or not, and you're going to want to have those blinds closed. Another thing you can do is video surveillance. Now, there's a lot of cool things you can do with video surveillance and it's a lot cheaper than you might realize. Um, you can put video surveillance on the outside of your home or your office. You want to point it at wherever the driveways are so that if someone comes in or come on, someone goes out, you can capture the vehicles for the police department. But another thing you could do is literally put video surveillance inside of your office so that if somebody does break in, um, these things are going to capture their face. And, uh, what's really cool about them is they've gotten really good, um, for example, if you go to Amazon and you search for SVAT, SVAT, and then you search for CV301, um, you're going to find a really cool video surveillance system that has night vision and daytime vision and high definition. And basically what these things are is they're like the DVRs that you have in your family room. They have hard drives inside of them and they literally record a couple weeks worth of video and then... Um, and then when the time's up, they just delete the old stuff and, and have the new stuff on there. And they're literally running around the clock and you can you can pull them back, you can pause them, you can zoom in and do lots of cool stuff. Had I had video surveillance in this office, I would have been able to at least get the culprit um, on video. A couple other things that you can do. Uh, that, that was number eight. Um, the last thing, number nine, which is kind of a catch-all. Um, first of all, make sure that you have good insurance. A lot of insurance companies have um, riders that you can put on there that covers computer devices. Just so happens that um, I'm with the Hartford and uh, I happen to have a $250 deductible on my um, computer hardware. And this was really cool. The agent called me the same day. And if you ever do get a theft, you want to let them know that it is a theft of a computer and you want to use these words. It's disruptive for my business. When you do that, they will accelerate you and someone will call you right away. Um, they literally wired the money into my account the day after the theft. Um, I just provided a couple photos that I had taken and the receipts for my purchases and the serial number that I had of the old computer. Um, another thing that you want to do is take lots of pictures. So take pictures of your computers before they're stolen in the work environment so that you can prove that you actually own them because if they're older, you may have thrown away the boxes and the serial numbers 
and uh, at least has some photographs. Another thing that you should do is keep the serial numbers for your software. Now, this is critical, especially if your backups all go bad, because if you have to reinstall Photoshop or Microsoft Office and you don't have those serial numbers, um, you're going to be out of luck. And the good news about Amazon is if you do like I do and you buy your software and download it from Amazon, they actually store all those serial numbers for you. So you can go back into Amazon, you can re-download the software, and you can get those serial numbers for you. Okay, well, those are the nine tips, and I hope that you found them valuable. Um, I hope that there's a couple of ideas in here that will at least protect you better. And my sincere hope is that you do not have what happened to me happen to you as far as the theft. But I do hope that if it does happen, you're prepared like I was and you can get back up in line. Uh, I mean, back up online very, very quickly. Well, thank you so much for uh, listening to this episode. I know it was a little off the beaten path from the normal social media marketing tips uh, that I share. But um, bottom line is it's probably going to happen to you. And I just thought it was appropriate to go ahead and share some of these tips with you. Um, if you want to get any of the uh, reference links that we talked about in the episode, you can find them at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 37. And also, if you've got a question that you want uh, potentially asked in a future episode, visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash voicemail. You can leave us a short message and uh, we may include you in a future episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. Hey, if you love this podcast, um, I could use your help getting the word out. If you wouldn't mind visiting socialmediaexaminer.com slash love, that will pre-populate a tweet into your Twitter stream, letting your friends know that you listen to the show. This does bring us to the end of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. If you like what you've heard, um, would you do me a favor and head over to iTunes and give us a rating and a review on the show? If you visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes, it'll take you directly there where you can go ahead and do that. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.